This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Mary O'Connor? First, I'll look at the background of this case, move to the timeline of the incident, then offer my analysis. In 1995, Mary O'Connor was a rookie police officer in Tampa, Florida. At this time, her name was Mary Winter. On May 26 of that year, she was the passenger in a vehicle driven by a man named Keith O'Connor. Mary and Keith would eventually get married, but at this time, Keith was Mary's boyfriend. Keith was pulled over on suspicion of DUI. During the traffic stop, Mary became loud and argumentative. She was restrained by a police officer. She punched the officer and kicked the windows of a police vehicle. She was charged with assault on an officer, obstruction, and disorderly intoxication. Her boyfriend, Keith, was charged with drunk driving. A month later, Mary was fired from her position as a police officer, but in 1996, she was reinstated. Her arrest record was expunged. She served as a police officer until retiring in 2016. In early 2022, she was appointed to be the chief of police in Tampa. This was controversial. Many people did not think it was a good idea. Now moving to the timeline of the incident. On November 12, 2022, at 7.24 p.m., a Pinellas County deputy named Larry Jacoby conducted a traffic stop on a golf cart driven by Keith O'Connor. Mary O'Connor was a passenger. She was the owner of the golf cart. The traffic stop occurred at East Lake Road and Woodlands Parkway, about 300 feet from a neighborhood where Mary maintained a residence. The deputy conducted the traffic stop because the golf cart was not registered. It was missing a license plate. The traffic stop was captured on the deputy's body camera. After walking up to the golf cart, the deputy informed Keith and Mary about his reasons for pulling them over. Keith explained to the deputy that he and his wife intended to eat at a club in their neighborhood, but it was closed. So they traveled outside of the community to find something to eat. Before the deputy even had a chance to respond, Mary asked him if his body camera was on. He indicated that it was. Mary said to him, I am the police chief in Tampa. She was holding her badge while saying this, although it wasn't visible to the deputy at that point. The deputy's demeanor changed as he was now in an uncomfortable position. He asked Mary how she was doing. Mary said, I'm doing good. I'm hoping you will just let us go tonight. The deputy told them to have a good night and said it was nice to meet them. Mary reached out to shake the deputy's hand. She referred to him as my friend and apologized for bothering him. As the deputy was once again saying it was nice to meet them, Mary handed him a business card. She said, if you ever need anything, call me. Serious. Mary and the deputy shook hands again, and the deputy went back to his vehicle. On November 30, Mary O'Connor called the mayor of Tampa and made her aware of the incident. The mayor initiated an internal investigation, and Mary was placed on administrative leave. During an interview with the Professional Standards Bureau, 
on December 3, Mary said that she identified herself as a police officer for safety. However, she then went further by asking to be let go without a ticket. Mary admitted that she provided the deputy with her business card, but said that she did this with hundreds of citizens and law enforcement officers. She did not intend to provide the deputy any preferential treatment. Mary said that she had limited knowledge of the laws surrounding golf carts. She apologized, took full responsibility, and regretted putting the deputy in a difficult position. Ultimately, Mary was found responsible for violating two regulations, standard of conduct and abuse of position or identification. On December 5, she submitted her resignation as the chief of the Tampa Police Department. The mayor said that she was disappointed in Mary O'Connor because she had given Mary a second chance. The Pinellas County Sheriff defended the deputy involved, Larry Jacoby, saying that he did nothing wrong and he stood behind him 110%. That's a lot of support, 10% more than mathematically possible. The sheriff noted that Mary O'Connor asked for a favor, but he did not believe that she was given a favor. Given the circumstances of the traffic stop, the sheriff believed that the deputy would have let the couple go with a warning either way. The sheriff indicated that Mary was the only person who did something wrong. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. True terrors of horror. Bizarre happenings. Unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Now moving to my analysis. Here are my thoughts on a few areas that stood out to me in this case. Item number one, driving an unregistered vehicle in Florida is a second-degree misdemeanor. It carries a penalty of up to 60 days in jail and a $500 fine, although the maximum penalty is rare. Considering the circumstances, the sheriff was probably correct. The deputy intended to let the couple go with just a warning. Mary O'Connor should have known that it was illegal to operate an unregistered vehicle on a public road. 
She pretended to be unfamiliar with the law, but if anyone would be expected to know the law, it would be a chief of police. I guess she would have us believe that during her time as chief, the unregistered vehicle gangs ran rampant in Tampa. Mary also should have known that the deputy would have let her go without penalty. All she had to do was say nothing. Evidently, this was asking too much. Item number two, Mary tried to justify her identification to the deputy as being important for her safety. It's unclear where the danger was in the situation. This traffic stop involved a couple in a golf cart during the early evening in a very safe area. The deputy could see them pretty easily because golf carts don't have doors. Was this really a high-risk traffic stop? Do serious criminals frequently operate golf carts? Has a police officer ever been rammed by a golf cart or had to initiate a high-speed chase with one? Perhaps this is one of the many consequences of high gasoline prices. Criminals are now forced to drive golf carts. Also, I find it telling that Mary thinks so highly of police officers that she needed to identify herself in order to avoid being shot and killed by one. Item number three, considering how Mary O'Connor had nothing to gain and everything to lose by pressuring the deputy to let her go, why did she do it? Was this really to get out of a verbal warning? What would be the point of that? I think that Mary wanted to do it. She wanted to let that deputy know that he had pulled over a powerful police official. She couldn't resist the opportunity to flaunt her position. This is supported by her facial expressions during the interaction. At one point, she had her hand up to her face as if she was giddy with excitement, like she's thinking to herself, wait until this guy finds out who I am. The urge to promote herself was so strong, she pressured the deputy, even knowing his body camera was active. She specifically asked if the camera was recording. She knew that it was, but she still could not resist. Item number four, leaders of police departments often tell the public that police officers do not get preferential treatment. Everybody knows this is not true, as this incident indicates. The only thing that reduced some of the preferential treatment is that the police must wear cameras now. There isn't a tremendous amount of integrity in police departments. Rather, there is a tremendous amount of video. Unfortunately, the latter will have to suffice to protect the public from unfair treatment. This brings me to item number five. Reporters tried to get a hold of the body camera video before it was released, but the police claimed they didn't have it. The police finally released the video weeks later. It's not clear if the reporters were trinae to get the body camera from the Pinellas County Sheriff's Department or from the Tampa Police Department, but either way, this is worrisome. The mayor tried to act like she was disappointed in Mary because she gave Mary a second chance. Mary's run-in with the police in 1995 was irrelevant. When a record is expunged, it's done and over with. In addition, the alleged offense was 27 years old. It appears as though the mayor was trying to distract from the larger issue in the police department. The mayor is trying to blame her own level of mercy and compassion, faulting her belief that people should be given second chances. In reality, people with poor judgment like Mary O'Connor rarely exist in a vacuum. Item number six, Mary O'Connor's resignation letter did not contain remorse. The theme of the letter was that Mary had accomplished amazing things, both when she was a regular police officer and during her short time as police chief. 
she wouldn't want a personal mistake to stand in the way of the progress that she made. Therefore, she resigned. Again, just as with the mayor's appraisal, we see a bizarre perspective on the situation. Like Mary only resigned for the good of the people. She's really a hero. She sacrificed her career due to her love for the community. The letter was a page long, yet only two words were dedicated to what Mary actually did wrong. Personal mistake. One of those words, personal, makes it seem like it was nobody's business. This is hardly the apology that the public deserved. Now moving to my final thoughts. Incidents like this undermine the already limited amount of trust that people have in police officers. Some members of the public took comfort in the idea that at least the leaders in police departments had integrity, but that is simply not true. Mary O'Connor was willing to destroy her entire career to impress a low-ranking deputy when she was literally in charge of a police force comprising over a thousand officers. The good news for Mary is that now she can pretty much say anything she wants during a traffic stop. Undoubtedly, her former police chief status will be enough to continue her preferential treatment. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com Mysteries.com